What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio, in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back, man. Season two of All The Smoke. We got a real special guest. What's up with you, Brody? With the virtual handshake. I'm going to tell y'all something that I never told nobody. I want All The Smoke. Welcome back to another edition of All The Smoke. We got a uh, very special guest today, man. One of my favorite players in the league right now. The number one, if not... One of the top, if not number one, I think it's between him and uh, Kittle out in San Francisco, man. But welcome, Travis Kelsey, to the show, Super Bowl champ. Yeah, he is a Super Bowl champ, so you, you got to give him the title right now. Hey, Super I Bowl appreciate champ. that, man. It always, it always makes make it sound like I did something in life when you throw that tag on there. Like that, man. I appreciate you. You put you put that title on the end now, nah, but you definitely put in work. So tell us what uh, present day life is. Uh, you know, wherever the world saw the NBA bubble. The success, uh, the NFL obviously chose not to go with the bubble, and there's been some canceled games. There's been some played games. Guys have caught it. Guys have got over it. Um, Adam Silver said a while back, the commissioner of the NBA, we're just going to have to learn how to live with this, and it kind of seems like that's what the NFL is doing, just you know, learning on the fly. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm a big fan yeah, of the love, show. Love, bro. Uh, a lot of the conversations you have, man, have been inspiring Appreciate as well as, that. you know what I mean? Thank you. Informative, man. And, um, yeah, to, to talk about the NFL and what's going on with life right now, man, it's just uh, to to work and to the house. That's really my entire my entire routine right there. I just go to the facility and come back home. I'm fortunate that I got a lot of people um, to help me out around the city, um, around the around the house to make sure that I'm, you know what I mean, I'm, I got an unbelievable chef. Uh, that's going to the grocery store and making sure that, you know what I mean, I'm getting my nutrition and stuff like that. And uh, everybody's just being accountable. And that's what exactly what you were saying about the uh, the commish um, mentioning that it's, you know, we're going to kind of have to live with this for a little bit um, and try and make things work. 
And uh, I'm just I'm just proud of the the NFL. I think right now it's been a very successful season. I mean, of course, there's been the hiccups, um, but we all knew that was going to happen, man. It's just uh, everybody being accountable in, in what they're doing. Uh, and it's not just, you know, in, in house and in the in the facility. Uh, one mistake uh, could could screw up everybody's uh, chance to, you know, earn their paychecks in the NFL this year. So everybody just just got to keep maintaining what we're doing, man. What's the hardest part about all this, if there is one? Obviously, you know, you work to the house, and normally that's low-key how it is during a season. But what's kind of been the hardest part about this process so far now that it has to be so strict? Yeah. I think uh, the biggest thing is um, is balancing out the time with the family, the time with the friends, uh, making sure you're still maintaining uh, somewhat some distance, uh, knowing that anybody could could have this virus and uh, not show it. Um, and, and you know, even though we are getting tested, sometimes it takes longer uh, for, for somebody to show up on a test, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it, there's there's so many different variables to, to you know, the equation of what is COVID and how, how to be, you know, quarantined and stay safe out here. There's so many different variables that you have to hold into account. And it's just what it's doing is it's kind of making me be standoffish with the family and the friends. And, and it's the, that's the worst thing. That's the worst thing that, uh, that I could, I could do because I'm such a family guy. I'm such a friend. I, I want all my friends around. I ended up uh, grabbing a suite at Arrowhead because I, I, I wanted that environment after the game, being able to celebrate and, and hang out with the family and friends. Um, and you know what? It's just, it's, it's not that right now this year. And it's uh, definitely a different field going to and, and from the stadium. Absolutely. Well, someone who has, you know, been around African-American culture pretty much your whole life, uh, swag. Some people might say you have some black in you because of the way you carry yourself. (laughs) For sure, for sure. (laughs) You know, with the injustices going on with the shootings, we just saw a shooting the other day in Philly with the mentally ill uh, man and his mom begging the cops not to do it, and they shot him right in front of her. What do you think about the current climate of America right now? Honestly, I, I try and think very positive about things, and and with uh, with all the um, unfortunate things that are going on in the world and in this country specifically, with uh, you know the injustice, injustices, the the, the certain events that have, have have led to deaths. I just think it's um it's extremely you know it's extremely unfortunate. But what it's doing is it's 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 bringing the problem to life to everybody, and you have you're you're being force fed it, and 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 that's kind of I hate to say it, but that's kind of how. Um, White America is going to have to have to handle this. It's just, you know, because it's such an uncomfortable situation for a lot of people that just don't understand. And um, you're just going to have to open your ears, open your hearts and listen to to what's really been going on that, that, you know, a lot of people have just, you know, let happen. And for me, it's 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 calling out the BS. It's mm-hmm. seeing wrong and calling wrong what it is and uh, and letting that be known. And um, sure enough. I think uh, the world is a beautiful place, man. There's a lot of hearts out here, and I think it's uh, it's going to continue to get better and better uh, because you know I, I'm 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 a big supporter and a big uh, believer in um in and people want to do the right things mm-hmm. and uh, and and what's right is right, man. I think at the end of the day, what's mm-hmm. happening now is you is like you said the same thing with how how NFL players are doing with the COVID being held accountable. I think we're holding everybody accountable now. Anybody that stands on the side of hate, you can't hide behind closed doors no more. You know, you got you you got you got people allowing those type of people that have hate to come out and stand in the front line, and we see their faces now. But they understand too that it's more people that stand on the side of love, and we pushing these people with hate out. And that's what I love about it. Everybody's being held accountable, exactly. and people from all races that's on the side of love, they understand that now is the time to stand together in order for us to live in a better place. 
I'm with you, man. <laughs> Holding everybody accountable yeah. at, at all costs. And, and that's something that I think has been unbelievable in the NFL is that, um, you know, it's becoming a huge discussion. Uh, I believe every single team had at least three uh, days during training camp where we took two to three hours at the end of our day to really sit down and talk about these matters. Mm -hmm. Talk about what it yeah. means uh, uh, to be an African-American or a minority in America and, and, and the views uh, that, that can be that can be subject to them. And it's just um, it, it's. It's a beautiful thing because it's creating the conversation. Uh, it can be uncomfortable at times, but, it, you know, this isn't a, a comfortable world. You know, mm -hmm. some of the best things yeah. that I've ever gone through in life, you know, were some of the roughest times yep. of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, I, yes. and, I'm, and I'm thankful for those opportunities uh, to come across my life and, and, and turn me into a better person. And uh, I think yep. that's what's going on right now in America, for sure. Well, a lot of people don't see this, too. We, we talk about the, the African-American problems, which is a big part of it. But when I've been going to these neighborhoods, Trav, and I've been going to, 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 to uh, give back and help the people that need, it's all racist. It's, also, it's a lot it's of all, it, it, it's all races. A lot of people from all races that's struggling in these areas that need help and need people to know that they care about them, and, and we hear them, and we need to be their voice. So people need to understand that side too. Yes, it, it's a big problem with them killing black people, but at the same time, when you go to these areas that that where where, where they need and we giving back, it's every race that need. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think I think what's important too is I mean, growth is uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Anytime we're trying to elevate and get to the next level, whether it be in life, sports, business, it's going to be uncomfortable. And I think both of you guys made great points. It's, it, it, right now, at the end of the day, it's not even about black, white, brown. It's about everyone versus hate. Unity. You know, because all, all races have hate. And mm -hmm. hate comes in every shape, form, and color. Thanks. And that's what we have to band against. You know what I mean? So the one positive, you know, there's been several positive things, but, you know, watching Jack out in the streets and, and kind of watching stuff and seeing stuff and being involved, the one positive, that, one of the main positives I took from it is that you see every color of the rainbow out there. Mm -hmm. You know, and like you, and like you said, Travis, it's something that has to be force-fed. You know, I don't know if things would be as effective and, and, and this would have reared his naked head if, if we weren't in this pandemic. You know, we've been forced mm -hmm. to sit our asses down, watch the news. You see it across social media all the time. You're talking amongst your, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're talking amongst your teammates. You know I mean? It's a real reality check. It's a real look in the mirror. Um, being, be, you know, be, being a white star athlete with a platform, what are some of the stuff you're trying to do? Tell us about that. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's... Um it's a part, of, I don't want to say it's a part of the job, it's just a part of life, standing up for the right things, um, calling out calling out the BS when you see it. I just, I, I've always uh, I've always had that mentality. It's the, the mentality my father gave me as a kid and the community that I grew up in um, is so multicultural and so, it has so many different social classes in it. It was a beautiful um, family of a community of different ethnicities and social classes. And um, I just, I, I feel like if, if, <laughs> if the world had a little bit of what I grew up in, mm -hmm. um, you know, an experience that you could take from one of my best friends, mother being from India and, and, and his father being being American black man, uh, Irish and black uh, of Irish and black descent. It's just it's such a cool, unique. That's just one of my friends. I mean, it, it just goes it goes on and. Mm -hmm. um, is so unique of a place that just gives you a broad uh, mentality on appreciating someone else for who they are and their culture. Um, and, 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 the, and how beautiful you can be prideful of where you are and appreciate someone else's. Um, and, what, and what I just try and push in, uh, in, on my platform and, 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 and around the Kansas City area is, uh, you know, it's, it's all, it all comes from power, right? I, I hate to say this, but systemic racism, um, the, the world that, uh, that lives inside um, 
politics. Uh, I, I think the initiative to vote, and, and it's not necessarily the main guy, the, the the president. It's not necessarily that. It's the little things that you can do in your community, um, the, the the small initiatives uh-huh. that you can vote for in your community uh, that can really change uh, not only your life, but the people around you's life uh, that you know might need that helping hand. Um, uh-huh. You know, it, it's just a... Uh, Voting is such a under underappreciated as as I was growing up um, through my through high school and college. I just think it was very underappreciated, and now it's starting to really become a, a, a must and a, and a job for everybody to get out and vote uh, for the right things. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans, to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 
Normally, uh, the NBA's kind of taking the lead with social justice reform, players using their platform and speaking out, but um, we're obviously starting to see it a lot more now from the NFL, which I think is a huge step because, you know, the owners, for the most part, have stand on pretty much the exact opposite side of, of players uh, on a lot of different things, and they've kind of kept you guys from expressing yourself. But it seems like, you know, obviously now, but maybe in the last year or two, you guys are really starting to find your voice and your footing. What do you, what do you contribute that to? It's the the guys that paved the way that that stand up that um that you know what I mean uh, that want to see change you know and, and and it's unselfish change it's it's knowing that um yeah it's it's not necessarily affecting me as it is more so affecting the whole of the NFL and I think uh, one of the initiatives of the of the new CBA that we just grabbed was. Um, some of the some of the guys that are you know the 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 big name guys are, are going to get paid you know the, whether it's guarantees or not is a different story but um, we wanted to really make sure that there were more uh, secure ways for guys to, to make money and keep money in the NFL even if it's just like you're you're a special teams guy or you're a practice squad guy you're somebody lower on the charts that doesn't have that big time contract yet um, we were we really wanted to make sure that everybody had the same benefits. And, uh, and that those guys were getting a better um, opportunity to make more money um, than what they were getting. And I think that's one thing that we definitely got done uh, with the new CBA. And I, it, it just keeps going up from here. Um, it's a 10-year CBA, and hopefully in 10 years, we'll be in discussion with an with a even better opportunity than, uh, than we came into it with. And, uh, you know, that's how, that's how things just, you know, keep going up as, as, long as, uh, as long as people care about, you know, not necessarily themselves, but the future. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the NBA is the, the NBA has been real good at this, especially with the social justice side. They really let the players take over and really speak their minds. If or if if the NFL can or anyway, what what can they learn from the NBA or take away from how the NBA handles things? Well, I think one of the things the NBA does the best of is uh, they push their players in the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, they they shine light on the players in the in the in the right way, and I think that's something that the NFL has definitely taken note of, um, and given and given you know more players the opportunity to get out from under the mask and into a, into somebody's living room mm -hmm, um, in, in, in the right light. In the right light, though, mm -hmm. not necessarily, you know. It's done right in the NBA. I mean, it's very, it's, it's friendly, it's loving, and it's very, it's very meaningful and it's powerful. Uh, and, and, and you know what? It's, uh, it's almost like a, the NBA is, is, is preaching family to everybody in America. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think that's such a beautiful thing to be a part of that organization. Um, and, and, and it's been the model. It's been the model of, of consistency. And that's why culture is, is driven by so much in basketball um, because of the way the NBA and the players in the NBA have been able to touch the hearts of America. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you seen, obviously, with Cap taking a knee in 2016, I think, obviously, if you didn't understand or didn't get it back then, you understand in 2020 why he took the knee. What has kind of been the energy in, in, in the shift, in your opinion? Because obviously you were in the league in 16 and, and the knee was met, met with mixed reactions. It was hijacked by the president. It made out to be a bad thing. But you just mentioned earlier in the interview, um, you know, earlier in training camp, you guys were taking two or three hours a day, a couple of days a week to kind of talk about being black in America, being a minority in America. And I'm sure that didn't happen back then. So what kind of energy have you seen change in the past four years when it comes to stuff like this? I think what um, what happened back then was so new that, uh, well, I wouldn't say so new for for the fact for the fact that he was uh, kneeling was new, and um, and you people can go nonstop about whether the the anthem was something or not. People were they were getting in to the to the minds of America to try and switch the narrative, 
And, uh, and, and it's as clear as day that that was never the issue was the anthem. It was always the fact that it was a black man kneeling for the anthem um, and that, that, that white America wasn't appreciating that. And um, I, think, I think now it's very well known why he was doing it and that, and that it's being attacked. And, um, and the NFL sees that and they're trying to do something about it. And, um, you know, uh, a foot forward is, is all you can ask for. And the mm-hmm. opportunity uh, to change the minds um, of those that, that, that you know, Need a need a better understanding of what's going on. You know that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Travis Kelsey, Super Bowl champ. What does that mean to you, man? Uh, it's 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 just prideful. It means you know I've uh, I've done something uh, with my life with the guidance that I've gotten with in my life uh, with all the people that have supported me through my life. I've gotten somewhere that they can uh, be proud of, uh, that I can be proud of. Um, I'm I'm so. Uh, I'm so prideful in where I come from and the people that have helped me along the way. Um, I know I didn't do this alone. And uh, to, to have a title like that um, with, the, with the guys that I did it with, um, man, it means the world. And it, all it does is it makes you want to go and get another one and keep reaching success uh, like that. I think it's safe to say that not only did your quarterback take the league by storm, but <clears throat> took the world by storm. What, is it, what has it been like working with him and, and developing the chemistry you guys have to make you one of the top duos in the league now? Oh man, it's uh one has been fun, man. As soon as he uh, walked in the locker room, uh, you could tell that he had, uh, you know, he had the charisma. He had the the ability to to relate to everybody. Um, he's, he's not a shy dude, but at the same time, uh, he's very um, he's very open with who he is. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna shy away from anybody or or or, uh, or keep to himself. You know what I mean? He's here for the moment and he's here to have fun. And uh, but at the same time, his his professionalism took over when once once we were out there on the field and in the classroom or in the work or, or in the uh, in the offices and stuff. Um, and from that point on, man, you knew it was it was going to be a, a we were going to have some fun. But at the same time, the way he slings it, man, I'm going to have to figure out exactly uh, what what he's thinking. So so this entire time, I've just been you know trying to get to know him on the field so that uh, I can be in the right places at the right time. And uh, and. That's basically my job is to paint a picture for him, for the quarterback. And, uh, uh, and as much as and as much as uh, as much chemistry as I can build with that guy, I'm trying to get into his mind so that I can make his job easier, which in in the grand scheme of things, make the game easier for our team. Y'all done that fast. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun. That's why. That's why. Yeah. I mean, uh, it holds true in basketball. You know, one of the closest teams I was on was with the team with Jack in 2007 with that We Believe team. And we were a team that kicked it on and off the court. Obviously, with circumstances different now with COVID, do you get a chance to really hang with someone like him or (laughs) some of your other receiving mates uh, to to really kind of get that off the field vibe as well? I wish. I wish it was that easy, man. We've um, we've had some times where we just hung out... um, you know, especially before the season, a little bit during training camp and stuff like that. But because of the because of COVID and the situation, the NFL has actually clamped down on uh, on us being able to hang around each other. Because if one guy gets it, That's they crazy. you know what I mean. They they don't want uh, a lot of us around each other for a long period of time. So they actually told us that we couldn't hang outside of the building with three or more uh, teammates. <laughs> so it's like they they're really yeah. putting us in a little mini bubble uh, in our own right. cities. But uh, I mean, we're making it work. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you what you got to do yeah. is you got to enjoy. You know, on road trips, you got to enjoy the plane rides. 
stuff like that. Uh, the bus rides to and from the game, the the evenings that you have, you know, in the hotel before the game, you know, you try and, you know, catch catch a game or uh, enjoy a few conversations at dinner, you know, things like that to, to keep the mood light, you know, because whenever you're at work, it's it's all work. You're, right. you're focused on the task at hand. You're focused right. on trying to get the game plan right and things like that. Um, it can it, it can get you know a little bit too routine in the building. So um, making sure that you know you keep it light and and have some fun throughout it all, uh, knowing that most of the guys are just going to the facility and back home every single day. What's it like being the hunted now? Obviously, Super Bowl champs. You had a tough loss in 2018 to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Come back and beat my motherfucking Niners. Like I said, I fuck with you, but it hurt my heart that you took it from my Niners. What's, what, what's it like from going from the hunted? Like me, a thief go, in the go, night. Yeah, I pull up and give her. Yeah, that's what it is. But nah, what, man, it was, the, the Niners were like a hell of a team, team, man. Yeah. It was a that was a battle, man. That was my team, and uh, you know, you guys did your thing. You know, you guys have a you guys had a knack for coming back. That's your guys' mo, and you guys did that, and you handled business. But what is what is it like now being the team that that has a target on your back every single night, knowing that hey, shit, this team's only won one or two games in the division, but they know they're playing us. You know, I got a chance to play on a Warrior team that was like that. No matter who we played, every night we got their best effort. What is it like now having to carry that target on your back? Um, to be honest, I, I don't I don't feel too much. Of the pressure of uh, of living up to being a Super Bowl champion, like in that respect, I feel like if anything, the Super Bowl just gave us confidence that yeah, this is us, mm -hmm. this is who we are, this is what we do. Um, I thought the loss to the the way we lost to New England, everybody knew we were we were gonna be a good football team. Everybody knew that they had to bring their A game to beat us um, because we were one play away from being in the Super Bowl, and um, I think. You know, as 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 the season goes on, um, you get more focused on on the little things, and you try and you know perfect the the, the weaknesses and and and, and strengthen uh, everything that you're doing positively in the game. And it's just uh, it's a nonstop battle to better yourself. Mm -hmm. So you just have to have that mentality and know that you know this is this is this is what we do. Is I go out here and I play football, and uh, and I play to with with these guys next to me to to a level that you know. I feel like we have the advantage, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and that's just the mentality that you have to have going into a game. How's it been adding Le'Veon Bell to the fold? Oh man, it's a. It's, <laughs> I don't know how our GM oh, keeps best. pulling a rabbit out the that's hat, crazy. man, and just <laughs> and just crazy. making stuff happen, man. But uh, Lev Bell has been unbelievable since he's been in the building, man. You want to talk about? Uh, being kind of stuck in the routine of things. And uh, I'm not saying I mean, it's still early in the year and everything, but you can get caught up in just coming into work and, and seeing the same faces. When he came in, and it, it's just a different jolt of energy. He came mm -hmm. in ready to work, ready to ready to figure out this offense so that he can make an impact right away um, because mm -hmm. he, he's excited to be in a winning football or or, a, or at least a program that, you know what I mean, can exploit no, you said his, it right. his success. You, you said it, it is right. what it is. No, you said it right. Winning. You said it right. Right. Winning football, I mean, that should have, you got to think, he's extra fresh too, you know, with an injury, uh, injury plague season and then not really playing that much. To me, he probably has some, some to prove to himself and to everyone else. Like, you know, don't forget that I was the best running back in this league oh, yeah. before, I went to, before I went to the Jets. You know what I mean? So, no, you said it absolutely right. I think that kind of, you know, that's like going to the Spurs or going to the Warriors or going to the Lakers. When you, uh, you know, when you have a chance to go from the, from the gutter, to the penthouse, you want to raise your focus, the, the level mm -hmm. of your game, everything you possibly can because, you know, you want to be a small part of something great. And I think it's a unique opportunity for him to be who he is and be able to, like you said, come to a team like your guys. That shit is crazy. 
Oh, man, it just just up to ante, man. Just take it to a whole nother level. And uh, I was talking about his energy, and you could see in the first walkthrough how he's jumping around, and he's got almost what looks like fresh legs. I don't know how much he was running over there in New York, but it looks like he's got fresh legs, like he like he's a young dude all over again and just ready to get after it. And it, I mean, that kind of energy is infectious. You know what I mean? When you see a guy with high energy, man, you want to play to that level, and you want to meet that level And because um, it is what it is. When, you, when you're playing one of the best teams in the National Football, league and you see that they're ready you see that energy pre-game you see the them coming off the ball early in the game you know it's going to be a dog fight and a lot of guys uh, get a little uncomfortable in that dog fight when they see that other team is mm. going to bring it and it, and, mm. and, and it's the top dog with it so it's just a, it's, it's a mentality to just bring it every single day and, and have that have that grit have that dog in you uh to go get it man i think mm-hmm. as an athlete there's no better feeling than knowing you got Guys, or how many of your teammates you have that taking it serious? You know, you you got you mm-hmm. got you you got guys that come out here and ready to do the job. Everybody on the same page. Everybody have the same goal to win. And when you get on a team like that, when I went to the Spurs, the feeling of winning, the feeling of the feeling of everybody taking their role serious and all having the same common goal to win a championship, that is contagious, bro. And I and I know he feel that oh, walking yeah. in that locker room. Mm-hmm. It's, like you said, it's contagious, man. It's contagious, and when and when you and when it really means something to you, that's when you can take it to a new level, man. Mm-hmm. And it means something to him right now. You can see in the way he works. Yep. Mm-hmm. So a Westlake boy, Westlake, mm-hmm. Ohio, a three port, uh, three excuse me, a three sports star in high school football, baseball, basketball. I played everything as well going through high school. When did you decide to, or did you play everything up until your senior year when you had to start trying oh, yeah. to pick what you were going to do next? Oh, yeah. So first of all, I got a funny story about Westlake, Ohio. I'm, I'm from Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Uh, when I took I took going into the NFL so serious that I thought when it when I was filling out the form uh, for the NFL.com stuff, I thought that I had to put where I was like the hospital I was born in. So I put Westlake <laughs> Hospital on there. I thought it, well, I thought they wanted the government government uh, information. Uh, so I, that's how that's how silly I am. But I am. Um, I'm from Cleveland Heights, Ohio, and they just put Westlake okay. up there, so it, it okay. is what it is. Shout out to Westlake and everybody, but I'm from the east side of Cleveland. Uh, to side. answer your question, though, man, I still, I still wish I, I could find my way onto an NBA team for a quick 15 <laughs> days, 10 days. Hell um, yeah. Nah, I, Hell uh, yeah. I, I love hoops. I'm actually wearing the old school. I don't know if you guys were part of the old school Gatorade Hoop It Up. Uh, the throw yeah, up, throw up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, back in the day, back in the day, that I was that was life up. right there. Um, but for yeah. me, growing up, growing up, I played every single sport uh, you could think of. Man, I was going from hockey practice to basketball practice when I was in like fourth, fifth grade. Um, I was playing baseball just about year round, uh, hockey year round, soccer year round. Um, and, and and when it got to high school, that's when I really had to, you know, narrow it down. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. I knew I uh, I knew my school was was more tailored to a basketball school as we had one state uh, in 97 um, and had a good track record of guys going to college for free uh, playing playing hoops. And, you know, that was something I knew, you know, my grades weren't the best. Uh, my mm-hmm. effort in the classroom wasn't the best, so I knew I had to, you know, excel you. somewhere else uh, if I Join wanted to go club. to college for free. So it was... Um, it was definitely basketball yeah. and football were the main two in high school. Um, and uh, I, I just, I had more offers uh, and, and and it just felt more comfortable for me to, to stick with football. Even though I did go to Cincinnati to play both football and basketball. <clears throat> um, I never saw the court. Uh, I practiced a few times and got and gotten a few summer games. But outside of that, man, you, um, 
you only saw me cheering for the hoop squad, but I, I think it was it was it was an easy transition because I initially went to college for, for to play quarterback. So I yeah, went to University of Cincinnati yeah. to play QB, and uh, my first my first year I redshirted. Second year, uh, the our coach Brian Kelly, who's at Notre Dame now, had a package for me um, that to be the Wildcat. And man, I when I tell you, he came up with this the week before our first game, all mm-hmm. training camp. Two a days, nothing. I'm just trying to work on my three step, my three step game, right? Like I'm a rookie, like I'm a fresh, fresh meat in the in the pocket. And uh, sure enough, he puts this this uh, package together and wants me to straight run the ball. And um, mm-hmm. the game came around. We went up, I think, like two scores. And the third time into the red zone, he threw me in there. And I'm I'm in my mind, I'm like, he's not even going to call this. And he throws me in there. And I remember being so. Scared. My brother is actually playing left guard at this point, mm. which is which is ironic because he's he's lead blocking for me. So I'm That's I'm dope. catching the snap. I'm catching the snap, reading the defenders, and I'm like in my mind, I'm I'm not even. I'm handing this thing off. The first time I'm just letting them ride. I'm like, hey, I'm in this thing. I'm a <laughs> freshman in the in the in this uh, in this college football game like I always dreamed of. And man, it just didn't feel like I was ready for the moment. Um, and then once I got my feet wet for one play, man, I was ready. I was like, oh, all right, I can do this. I can do this. I can, I see how everything kind of just slowed down a little bit, and uh, uh-huh. and that's when I really uh, I really felt that I, I could take the game um, and turn it into something you know that I could, that I could do for the rest of my life because um, everything once once it all slowed down and I could get into the zone, um, I, I I had the confidence uh, to be able to, to to just play instinctually. Um, and and I made the I made the transition uh, into 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 the tight end room. Um, naturally. So, so because I was doing the Wildcat stuff, the coach wanted me to kind of be on the field so that we can, uh, when you sub players in and out on football, the, the, the official actually waits, uh, the offense can't snap the ball until the defense, you give the defense time to switch their personnel. Mm -hmm. So if you keep a certain personnel on the field, um, they have to keep their personnel on the field. So it's just, it's one of those things where uh, he wanted me on the field so they could stay in a certain personnel so that I could run the ball as well. But uh, doing that meant that I had to play a little bit of tight end. And uh, the success I found with tight end, man, it just, it, it, it took off in college. And, uh, you know, I, I just been so grateful that I got the opportunity at such a young age or, or I, I didn't wait till later in my college career to make the transition. Yeah. Um, it was just, uh, it was something that, that um, I really found a love for the game when, uh, when I moved to tight end. How big were you at the time when you were playing the Wildcat quarterback coming out of high school? I was a big dude now. I, I told you I redshirted, man. It was uh, a <laughs> once once you. I feel like once you redshirt as as a, in college, man, it just turns into a party central, man. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't I wasn't taking the workouts too seriously, and it ended up hurting me a little bit going into training camp. I wasn't ready for it in, going into training camp the next year, but I was still about six five, two fifty, two fifty five. Damn, um, I've, all, I've always been I've always been a pretty big quarterback. I went into mm-hmm. uh, my freshman year of college at about two thirty five. Mm. Okay. So I was always a little bit on the hefty side. To make that decision? I mean, you know, quarterback is, is a is probably the most prominent position on the football field. And then going to tight end, you know, you're not you're not the star as they would say on the football field. But how did how long did it take for you to make that decision to go to tight end? Like was it just instant as soon as you had success? Well, I was always I was always kind of in between the two. Um, you know, 
I, I, I love the physicality of the tight end position, uh, the football position. That's why I like running the ball so much at quarterback, or I like I loved running the ball so much at quarterback was because I could lower my shoulder on somebody and get an extra few mm-hmm. yards. Mm-hmm. And and when it, when I had I turned that mentality into being a tight end, one I realized I got to hit the weight room. My body can't be taking all these hits like this, and I got to be able to be stronger up top uh, and in the legs to be able to block uh, these DNs that are 270, 280 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a complete. Tr- change of mentality um to sitting up in a pocket but i, I still had the that uh, that physical that physicality uh that i grew up with uh playing hockey and lacrosse and and being the little brother um being able to take a hit uh blindside take a hit um things like that the traits were easy to transition and then you take the that the ability to you know play on the court be able to go up and grab a rebound, mm-hmm. be able to grab an alley-oop and take it off somebody's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that, the, the, the athletic ability um, that transferred from the court over and then uh, the, the ability to track a baseball, the ability mm-hmm. to go deep and, and run down, run mm-hmm. down the, the sidelines and track a ball flying in the air. Um, mm-hmm. all, these, all these different sports helped mold me into um, the tight end that I am today mm-hmm. and the success that I have today. Um, if you if you watch a lot of my routes, it looks like I, I might have a rock in my hand, like I'm crossing over. I, I didn't have that <laughs> on the court. The handles the handles were suspect on the court, but it looks like when I'm moving, sometimes I'm using an in and out crossover, you know, things to kind of get somebody to step one way. Because in football, it's a game of inches. All I need mm-hmm. is this much separation. Because when I'm reaching for a football, I only need about five to six inches to a foot uh, for myself to get my hands on it before you do. And then once it's in my grip, uh, it's mine. Mm -hmm. So having that mentality of, you know, being, being, being the boss on the field, but at the same time, uh, having, having, you know, a slick way of running your routes and manipulate, I can't even say the word, manipulating way, manipulating way to, uh, to, to, you know, get the defense to think I'm doing something else, man. Uh, that's that's the the game that I play. Mm-hmm. I think you made a, a, an amazing point, and I hope that our you know the dads are listening and the kids are listening to this. Actually, parents overall, that you said every sport you played made you the player you are today, and I felt the exact same way. You know, I was all American football, played baseball, obviously all American oh, yeah. basketball, but I took every I took the toughness from the NFL. That's why you know I was playing football. I felt like I was a football player playing basketball. Like, I'd never shied away from the physicality or anything like that, but I really feel like I took, you know, the hand-eye of baseball, the the physicality of football, and allowed me to play 15 years in the NBA, and I think too often now, kids or parents are vicariously living through their kids, and it's one sport Mm year-round, making it a job at such a young age, you know, so I think it's great, and I try to preach that, man. I think all the sports hone you in, and you'll find what sport is yours eventually, but all those other sports you play along the way are going to help you develop into hopefully, you know, the the professional athlete you aspire to be. Oh, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Playing every single sport definitely helps you out. Um, and then having the mentality of, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer and there's a lot of professional athletes that could have chose another sport and been been just as successful, if not even more successful. Having the, the grit and the mentality of getting better at something and finding that routine. I think I think uh, at a young age, I never really understood how to how to create a routine of success. Um, I didn't right. understand going to practice what these jump shots really meant. I didn't understand what these dribbling um, 
skills, uh, dribbling uh, the skills and in and out of cones and stuff like that, what all these fundamentals were going to mean on an instinctual decision on the court. I didn't understand all of that at a young age, um, but it really took off for me when I moved to the tight end room because I was like, oh, all right, how do how do I how do I play this position? How do, let me look at some of the greats. Let me look at some stuff on online on 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 what people are saying. You know what I mean? Are teaching these tight ends at a young age the fundamentals, the basic fundamentals. And once I started to to really get into those fundamentals and and finding that routine of success, everything took off for me. My love for the game took off because I was having so much success with it. And uh-huh. and I think that's something. Um, if you have a knack for for being on being competitive and being on the athletic field, court, rink, whatever it is, um, find that routine of success. Uh, and 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 even if it's something that you're doing just minimal, you know, finding that routine of just walking home with the basketball in your hands, mm-hmm. uh, holding the football uh, to your chest when you're walking through the hallways, little stuff like that creates uh, instincts. We're all habit. creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. It, it creates it creates these little uh, instinctual things that just hold on to the hold on to the ball a little bit tighter. Being able to oh, when it hits a crack, being able to grab the ball with your intrinsic muscles in your hands, just things like that that you naturally just uh, you don't think. Um, will make you that much better. But over the course of time, uh, it makes you that much greater. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. With the constant improvement, you know, from being a third-round pick, uh, constant steady improvement every year to being the, the prototypical hybrid type, uh, tight end. You know, you're, you're too big for DBs. You're too fast for linebackers. You're the new age of, you know, uh, of tight end. What does that mean to you, considering you went, like I said, um, you know, arguably the best in the game because of the other shit that, you know, honed you growing up uh, yeah. to become a tight end? Yeah, I am. Um... Well, the first thing is, you know, I think 
I think uh, a lot of people try and uh, build the stereotype of a tight end. Like, oh, he's big. He can run a little bit of routes, but he doesn't have the whole route tree. And in my mind, I was watching the wide receivers run routes, and I'm like, oh, I can run that route. Mm-hmm. Just give me the opportunity to run it. And that's the biggest thing as a tight end is getting that opportunity. And I have so much uh, appreciation for what Coach Andy Reid has done in terms of my success and, give, and, and trusting me with uh, winning these one-on-one matchups, being open for the quarterback, mm-hmm. having the full route tree and a game plan uh, to, to make the defense second-guess and have to play a reactionary position. All of that goes into account to what a, who I am as a professional. And without uh, a coach being able to put me in these situations, um, I'm not the same player. And mm-hmm. I, I, th- the biggest thing is I've taken mentally um, my game to a whole nother level by not letting myself get boxed into uh, what a stereotype player right. would be. You know, Absolutely. I think nonstop, you always have to, you have to keep trying fi- to find a way to get better. And that's why I watch everybody in the league, everybody, all the tight ends, whenever I turn on the film, I'm, I'm watching and, and whether it's the third tight end over in, you know, Atlanta or the, the starting tight end in San Fran, I'm watching to see what they they're doing to have success and how I can implement that into my game. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and, you know, especially if it if it's something that's dominating. Seeing that you're, you know, you you study your opponents, obviously study your peers from your position. Coming into this space, considering you are a hybrid, do you did you watch more receivers or did you watch more tight ends that you looked up to and kind of patterned your game, or was it a mix of both? Initially, initially I watched the tight ends, and and that was just creature a habit, creature of the position. Um, I, I was watching Tony Gonzalez. Once I got to the league and I really had access to the film all over the league, I started watching Tony Gonzalez during his prime years here in Kansas City. I started watching uh, a lot of Shannon Sharp. Uh, mm. At the time, Rob Gronkowski was taking the league by storm, so I was watching a lot of him um, and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Graham had a unique ability to mm-hmm. to get open in the red zone and, 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 and play the game. Yeah, exactly. Play mm-hmm. the game at a high level, uh, knowing that he just transitioned into the position. Um, so I was looking at all these guys, and then on top of that, uh, when you watch the film, uh, you, you can't help but to see where the ball goes. So so throughout film, I started watching, you know, just everything, watching guys run routes, uh, do, doing doing wide receiver routes inside. Uh, mm-hmm. And and from that point on, I I mean, just go, going up to the players, the, the quarterbacks and the coaches and saying, hey, why don't we throw a little uh, slang go out here? Why don't we throw a little corner and go? Why don't we, you know, work this, mm. this route inside just one time and see, see how that looks? Um, letting them know I feel comfortable with running these routes and getting open for you. And um, I think uh, a lot of, uh, like I already said, a lot of my success goes to, to Coach Andy Reid, but um, being on the same page as everybody in this offense is definitely something that um, has, has made me a better player. Dope. Toughest matchup. Toughest matchup. Oh, man. Um, I mean, that Super Bowl was pretty intense, man. The Niners, man, they're, they're no joke. They're, that defense that they had last defense, year with the too. D-line. They got a D, too. Hell, yeah. You just yeah, saying that because you're a 49 uh, fan, man. Get off the gas. Hey, but 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 hey, our but he even knows our front four was nice as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, and just the overall scheme, man. The defensive coordinator is one of the best in the league. He uh, he teaches it very well. He makes sure that it's it's everybody's sound. Like the biggest thing 
about the outside world doesn't know much about football is that everybody on the football field is playing defense has a gap in the run game. So the, the, the gap between the center and the guard, a D tackle might have or a linebacker might have. You know what I mean? And for a defense to be sound, everybody has to be able to fill a gap and be able to, you know, make their tackle if called upon. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what San Francisco does an unbelievable job of is in terms of zone coverages and rushing the quarterback and making sure that their run game, their, their defensive run game is on point. I mean, he. Everybody seems to be on the same page over there, and that's why it's so hard to put up points on them, um, because they take away the the deep the deep threats, and they they do very well. They're very good job of underneath, uh, kind of matching up to everybody. So it's just uh, that defense was was very underrated. If it wasn't already, if it wasn't, you know, praised as one of the best in the league, and um, I think that was definitely uh, our toughest matchup. But you can never look past. Uh, you can never look past Baltimore. Baltimore's yeah, got a great defense, uh, uh, and if you don't get if you don't get on top of them early, um, it's going to be a long day because Lamar is going to be able to just take his time downfield mm-hmm. and, and, and create great or create huge plays. Um, who else? I, I, you know what? I'm looking right now with the Bucks. Man, the Bucks are playing great football with mm-hmm. a veteran football team. Uh, great coaches, and it's and it's all new. It's all new. A lot mm-hmm. of it is uh, it's hard to scheme up new things. That's why you see a lot right. of uh, immediate success out of out of, out of some players um, because it's so brand new. You don't really know their tendencies and things like that. Um, but as mm-hmm. they play longer down or longer in their career and longer down the season, they start to get schemed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they move higher up. The, they move higher up the scouting report. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Transitioning, you uh, you did a show for uh, you know, our Art Network Showtime, uh, Moonbase Eight. Uh, oh, how did man. that come about? Man, honestly, I don't, I don't even know how it came about. I think they needed uh, a football player, somebody with uh, a, a, a tougher mentality uh, in the in the kind of like the Moonbase Eight of the characters that they were they were putting together. Um, and uh, my name came across the board, and sure enough, they picked it. I don't know how the heck I got picked. I didn't really do too many... Uh, I didn't do any um, audition for it or anything like that. I just kind of showed up, and here I am sitting there looking at Dale from Step Brothers right in the, right in the eyes. Um, it was, it was, it, listen, I, 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 was, I was like a little kid in a candy store, man. I just, I, just yeah. I was admiring. It was like the real-life show and and john c Riley is he is uh, unbelievable bro he is so funny unbelievable dude he's awesome guy all three of the other characters um and all all three of the guys the main leads in in that show or i mean they were just uh they were awesome they were helping me out with everything uh knowing that i was a rookie in the game i i had no idea what i was really doing um but i i had a whole lot of fun uh listening to those guys and watching those guys be professionals man Dope. You're also on uh, featured on E's uh, show Catching with Kelsey. If you ever need a wingman on a show like that, holler at me because I'll definitely come through and uh, you know be that support. Um, oh man! With that, is there is not looking ahead? Obviously, you love what you do, but you know we're more in an era now of you know life after sports, and more than ever, athletes are in other things as they're dominating their one particular sport. Is in front of the camera or behind the camera an interest of you uh, for your post career? I, I, without a doubt, I'm keeping all the windows open right now, or all the doors open right now. Uh, kind of uh, venturing into a few different areas. The fashion world uh, is one of them. Uh, I have a clothing brand, True Colors, just a lifestyle brand right now that I'm trying to build. Uh, we got some fun releases coming up soon, but I think uh, 
whether it's fashion, uh, talking sports in general. Um, I can't, I, I can see myself talking football for the rest of my life, but I, I kind of want to venture into all sports, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that I have a love for all competition, man. Uh, everything oh. from golf to tennis to, you know, hoops, you name it, man. I'm in it, man. I, I love to, I love to be around the, the sports sporting atmosphere and, uh, and, and talk and shoot, shoot the stuff with everybody, man. Being such a high profile, um, athlete now in this day of social media, do you find it tough trying to keep up with it, balance it, block out the negativity, benefit from the positivity and just social media as a whole? We know you popping oh, on yeah. IG too. <laughs> you, you got you got to make sure you, you you're you're pushing the right material and the right content, right. baby. Right, um, exactly. right. That's you, it. It's just it, it's just um one. I think it's enjoying the people um that you share uh, uh, similarities with. So jumping on uh, shows like this uh, where I can relate to guys, you know, appreciate your, all your guys, both your guys' opinions on things, um, and and pushing the right content. And um, I think uh, what people don't really understand about about athletes and uh, um, people with following is that there's there's once you get to a certain following, uh, the comments just start going. Mm-hmm. They they take they take they 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 take their own road into into whatever leads. You know, you could post a picture about uh, football, and out, out of nowhere, here comes somebody talking about your relationship. So it's like <laughs> mental health. Mental <laughs> mental health is something that Damn. is very real um, to 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 people with a following, and it's because you know you want to you want to care about what somebody's saying about you. It's just it's in my it's in my nature that I you know I I want to be loved by everybody. I said I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. fun loving guy. It is who it is. What it is, um, on the on the field, I could care less about who I'm going against. It, it, that's the mentality I have on the on, on the field. But as a person, I want everybody to appreciate, you know, who I am uh, because I represent a lot of people from back home that would that uh, that are prideful of that. You know, we're in an era now where I, I was actually just talking on ESPN earlier today about Michael Jordan saying he he doesn't think he can handle this social media era if he was playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think social media has been the greatest gift and the greatest curse. And the reason why it's the greatest curse is just because there's so much negativity and jealousy and anger and bitterness. And like you said, people think because we're athletes that the shit people say doesn't get to us or doesn't affect us or doesn't bother us. And, it, and it's furthest from the truth. I mean, obviously we have to block it out and do a job. But at the same time, you got people talking shit about your kids, talking shit about your girl, your ex-girl, something you did. I'm like, God damn, like, okay. Or or yeah. or another thing, like, would you really say that to my face? Like, if someone's going to talk big shit on Instagram, everyone thinks they're Mike Tyson on Instagram. Like, to me, just don't say nothing you wouldn't say to my face. Like, I respect you, you yeah. say it to my face. I might do something, but <laughs> just, don't, just don't say shit that you wouldn't normally say. And I think that's, unfortunately, a, a society we live in where... As great as you are, you guys are Super Bowl champs. There's still people that just want to talk shit to you to talk shit to you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. instead of saying like, "Man, you're a hell of you know you're a hell of a tight end. You guys are a great fucking team." It's harder for people to do that now. It, it's so much easier for people to hate, and, it, and it's a, it's a sad position and, and, a, and a sad state of affairs that we're in when it comes to that. It gives everybody opinion. Oh, yeah. It gives everybody opinion, Trav. But also, it gets to the point, like you said, all we can worry about is the message, the message we giving out. We can't really worry about what people say because people are going to say all type of things, but as long as our message is clear, oh, yeah. they're going to twist it regardless, but all we can control is our message. And as long as our message is getting, mm-hmm. get, getting off is the right way, then we, that's all you can't control, especially these days. I'm right there with you.
I'm right there with you. My, my brother had a uh, he had a fun uh, fun time when he won the Super Bowl and for the parade he dressed up like uh, whatever that is over there in Philly. I forget what it's called. Um, but he um, he said something in in, in his uh, parade speech that that resonates with me. He he went down the line of everybody that uh, that the media pointed out all their flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, the media was talking about oh the the Eagles can't win it. This guy does this. He's he he can't catch the ball. He can't, he's a terrible blocker. You know things like that. And he went down the list. He, he named everybody's flaw and said that's what this guy wrote about everybody. And you know what mm. you know what I said to him? Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him yeah, all. Straight up. You know, just straight, straight up. up. Straight, straight up. up. I ain't trying to hear. I'm not trying to hear none of that. We meet. We mm-hmm. we reached the mountain peak and 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 got crowned king. And and you can't say anything about it and uh yep. and and you know what sometimes you just have to block it out and just tell them fuck them you know yeah, and, and, yeah. and and that's the mentality that you have to have i, I used to at a, young, at a at a younger age in my career um really care about all of that uh to a certain extent and um and it used to get to me it used to get mm-hmm. to me a lot like and and I, I would get frustrated out on the field uh not having the success that i i i, I thought i should have mm-hmm. and um right. and you know what? I, I I wasn't living a fun life, and 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 mentally, you have to be able to find happiness in what you're doing and block out a lot of the negativity that's going on. And uh, and mental health is such a huge part of being uh, huge. being an athlete. Huge, huge, especially in today's game. Right. Yeah. Coming down the home stretch. Uh, what's the mission of '87 and running? '87 and running. Um, our mission is to is to help out uh, as many as many of the. Uh, Kids in Kansas City and Cleveland areas, uh, and that those are just two the two areas that I'm focusing on right now. Being from Cleveland and, and playing in Kansas City, um, right now, right now I'm just a. Uh, I grew up as uh, like I said in a very multicultural, very diverse area of a social class, so I understood privilege um, at a young age, and I understood how many. Uh, you know, different walks of life are really out here and how I can appreciate that, but also appreciate, you know, what my family is doing to provide for myself and my brother. And um, and the way that my father and my mother were kind of that adult and that that guidance for a lot of other kids because they didn't have that, um, it, it made me understand that, you know what, um, I need to be able to to lend a hand if, I, if, if, if I'm given all of this fortune, if I'm given all of this... Uh, all of this opportunity um, that these other kids aren't getting, you know, and whether it's due to, to failed school levies and uh, not having the extracurricular activity, um, not having the band, not having, you know, all these all these extracurricular things within the school to to, you know, just not having that the the ability to go out and get a glove. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to make sure that all the kids um, in this city uh, having a have at least an opportunity to 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 get into something. And, uh, and that's what 87 running is all about, is making sure that uh, underserved kids uh, around both Kansas City area and Cleveland area um, are given the opportunities in life that can help uh, give them success. Really dope, oh, man. We oh, appreciate oh. your hard, Any way hard, we can hard help, work, man. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, you Let guys us know. are the best, man. It's vice versa, yeah. fellas. It's vice versa, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Are oh, we going to take you up on that? I'm going to get your number. I'm going to fuck with you, for real. You already know. You already know, hey, man. Qu- all right, quick hitters. Here we go. Top five... Your, your your top five artists. Top five artists. Oh man, 
He took it there. God leave, man. I've been, I've been on the old school. I've been see. I've been on the old school. Finding out, want. finding all old school stuff, man. Hey, whatever, I, uh, whatever you want right now. Shout out, shout out to Casey's Casey's old school Bloodstone, man. One of the one of one of the I believe uh, one of the most player bands that that I've heard recently that that um, wasn't wasn't at the top of the list uh, when I initially started getting into this uh, finding all this old school music. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were Kansas City zone, so I got to give them a shout out. Um, I'm all over it with with music, man. I could go forever, man. Twenty One Savage is, is popping right now. Um, golly, it threw me on the spot. I can't even think of one specific. Justin Timberlake's always been a favorite, man. I can always go back. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear his new stuff uh, when he he jumps on. And then uh, Drake is always a favorite, man. Anything oh, he throws on, cool. I end up finding finding a way to dance to it and move to it. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll I'll switch up the genre. Let's go. Um, chain smokers, man. Those are my guys out there. Okay. Uh, LA Crossed based, over. I believe. Actually, I think they're actually East Coast based, but they're out in LA right now, man. Mm-hmm. Favorite sneaker as a kid? Oh man, you, you put me on the spot again. <laughs> I would say, uh, as a kid, as a kid, the Back to the Futures were just it, it was everything to me, and that's why I went, when I actually got my first. Uh, check in the NFL. The first thing I did was go online and try and find uh, the Back to the Futures in my size. Uh, I got drafted in 13, and they, they they had just came out in 2012 or 2011. I forget which one, but man, when they first when they when I saw the movie as a kid, I, I it blew my mind away uh, that that these things were even being created, and then the story behind it, and the fact that it was helping out uh, Parkinson's disease, um, yeah. just everything about it, man. You know, with the sneak, it's all about the story. Yeah, but uh, I could right. give you. 90, 90s kick references all day, man. I was playing in the Jordan 14s when I was in fifth grade. I threw the black laces in them because I thought I was sweet. Uh, nice. <laughs> the, candy, the candy candy cane 14s. Yeah, oh, man. It's, yes. uh, it, it goes yeah. it goes on and on, though, man. I, I'm That's a huge for for me. Fashion all started for me in the in the 90s because of the kicks wave, man. The Barclays, the Jordans, the Pippins, uh, you name it, man. That's what's up. When we ask you this question. You got to help us get this guest. Who would you like to see on All the Smoke? Woo! On All the Smoke. Um, could, could be a teammate. Could be an opponent. Could be a different genre. of Life period. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in the I'm gonna keep it in the box and and and, and go Tony Gonzalez, man. I would love to hear Ooh, you guys' yeah. conversation with, yeah. with the greatest tight end to ever play the yeah. game, man. Yes. Yeah, that'd be uh, deep. Hey. He, he, and and well, he's got the basketball background, like as yeah. you know, he he had a training yeah. camp with the Heat when he was yeah. uh, he was younger. Um, he went to Berkeley. He went right out here, right? Where oh, I was yeah, raised, he went yeah, he, well. went to, he went to Cal Berkeley, so that's right out my way. So I know I, that was someone I looked up to because he was doing it at the highest level or, or college at least, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on both sides. So that was that was a big motivation for me. Tony G, you know, the, yeah. the 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 biggest memory I got of Tony G as a kid was NFL Street, NFL Street oh, Volume yeah. Two on the on yeah, the yeah. on the, on that the game N64. Was dope as shit. Yeah. Oh man, and I used to play dope. with him every single time. That's where I knew the tight end position could be dominant. I was like, okay, this Gonzalez guy, man, I gotta watch some more Chiefs <laughs> football, man. He's a monster. Hell yeah! <laughs> Last question right here. We know you got to get running. Five dinner guests, dead or alive? Man, um, this is a good one. Uh, R.I.P. Kobe, man. I would. I, I mm. mean, I, there was. Mm-hmm. I, I had a very brief opportunity to to say, you know, how much I appreciated his mama mentality in terms of like having that, uh, being able to incorporate uh, something like that into my professional uh, mindset. Um, 
So Kobe would definitely be one of them, RIP. And then um, from there, man, golly, I would, uh, I would, I'm a huge Outkast fan from growing up. So Andre 3000, I would definitely throw Mm. in there, man. Very, one of the most underrated ever. One of the most underrated ever. Um, from there. Dang, man, I know this is supposed to be quick, but golly, I can't even think this fast, man. <laughs> um, throw a throw a fun guy in there like Charles Barkley, man. He's one of he's one of my favorite guys to be around. Uh, <laughs> just it, it electrifies the room every time he walks in it. Um, and never met Jordan, man. I might as well just get the dream team, man. Just bring the dream team on, and then we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out from there. Straight up. Larry Bird. Straight I, up. I, I grew up in Cleveland, man, so I, I heard the, the legend of Mark Price, man. So you might as well throw uh-huh. Mark on there and, and, and keep it moving from there. Nice. That's dope, man. Well, Travis Kelsey, man, we appreciate your time. Best of luck the rest of the way. Yes, sir. And uh, Let's get that man, signed jersey. Pleasure. You already yeah. know we'll get it, we'll get it ASAP, man. I'll get it to you ASAP. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be a Super Bowl jersey, just so you know. Yes, so don't sir. Me, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate Ooh. it, my boy. You already know. That's a wrap. We want to thank our guest Travis Kelsey for his time today. You can catch this on Showtime Basketball YouTube in the High Heart Black Effects platform. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. This is all a smoke. A production of the Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories.